You have arrived at your destination. I, I think that dude just needs to just step back and just Man, not. How many times can he step forward into his own shit? Yeah, <laughs> I think he should just. I don't even know what the accusations are. I just heard. Well, I know what they are, like vaguely, but I don't know what like the the full ramifications of what he did. I know he did. He had some thirsty messages towards a yoga teacher or something that well, were and, creepy yeah, and weird. The thing is, that they were very pushy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, on top of, all right, so on top of all of his racist and homophobic statements that he made before <laughs> that are all not conjecture, he said them on the internet, and there's screenshots of them. Yeah. Uh, being in a male gay porno right after that, which I think is uh, a strange look for someone yeah. who has apparently said a whole lot of homophobic and uh, <clears throat> anti-Semitic and racist <laughs> bad things uh yeah. and then for him to return to television and it, <laughs> for, it, for like immediately for someone to come out and say like he just said a whole lot of really pushy sexual things to me on the internet like a week ago it's dude this, what are you doing if this was his only thing i think he'd be all right but just on top of all the other start stop like uh i would uh, say the scandals. same thing that yeah. everyone said about enzo amore yeah is that you've proven that i can't trust you yeah um, you know, here's the thing like enzo amore had other things going for him like he wasn't able to wrestle yeah which is gonna hurt your wrestling career yeah. i don't care what anyone says well it's <laughs> never it never hurt hulk hogan dun, 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 dun. sorry uh, Hulk Hogan never uh, knocked himself out on the, <laughs> the first. Rope. I mean, people have done. I mean, people have been knocked out of situations, though. I don't. I don't really hold that one against hey, him. Um, all I'm wrong. saying is that man should have been a manager from the start. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking. I, uh, I agree, but you know, it's, I, I thought he worked as a tag team. I thought they handled him, you know, as as well as they could, given his limited skill level. Um, his skill like, level was. I'll let you throw me. Yeah, which is funny. Which is funny considering it's usually like the big guy that has the limited skill level. Which Cass obviously also did have a limited skill level as to, as well. But it's always like the big guy with that, and then you have the smaller guy that's the worker, like Titus O'Neil, limited skill level. Then you had um, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, Black John Cena. Uh, yeah, his name. Um, young. Uh, young. Fred Rosser is his real name. <laughs> Darren Young. Darren Young. Darren Young. He was the workhorse. He was the guy that could like work work the match, and then like, yep. like I'm the they, guy that knows Fred Rosser's real name before mm-hmm. I knew his work name. There you from go. When he was on national fucking television. What is wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. You, you you hold very interesting information. That's for sure. There you go. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, Lars. I yeah. Wow. I, I think they should just. <laughs> they should probably just cut that one loose. That's about the fourth time they've done that. I don't think Mr. Kennedy got this many 
uh, starts. No, certainly not. <laughs> I think he just and he just pissed off people in the business. So, <laughs> well, the one other thing that I would say uh, about wrestling from this last week is that they held the the annual, which is semi annual clearance sale at Lane Bryant, whatever you want to call it, fucking sh- shake up of the rosters, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> they fucking did. They did a draft, right? It yeah. started on Friday and it ended on Monday. Uh-huh. Titus O'Neil got drafted before Alistair fucking Black. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there's a lot I know of potential. Okay, babe, I get his bullshit. <laughs> a lot of potential in Titus O'Neil, you see. He's 42 or 43 years old. (laughs) Pretty sure that was going to happen. That ship would have sailed already. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not saying anything bad about Titus O'Neill. Obviously not. He's a great person. He's wonderful. You know, I hear in the locker room, uh, Mm -hmm. he does all of his uh, nonprofit kind of stuff. He's always out there, you know, like greeting sick kids and all that. I get it, man. Yeah. The guy has a place forever. But Alistair Black is one of the best wrestlers you have on your roster. And you've spent the last month jobbing him out to Kevin Owens. Yeah. To get drafted last. Yeah. In the draft. And get put on. And he lost that night. So Monday night, the last night of the draft, he lost to Kevin Owens. And I thought, oh, well, that's, you know, their send off for this thing. No, they both got sent to SmackDown. Oh, so they can just it's continue like you're going to job somebody out on your way out the door. Nope, they both got sent to the same show. Yeah, I COVID era wrestling just is is real lame and terrible, and I I hate it. Um, so I, I'm just sort of tuned out of wrestling right now. I don't really know what goes on except maybe the big picture stuff. The G1 um, is fantastic right now. I will let you know. I do need to get back into some in, uh, some New Japan and and get into the G1 because it's fantastic. That's always been good stuff. And I've just been enjoying AEW just because it's a change of palette. Even, you know, I don't like everything on that program, but I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a highly more consistent program than what Vincent company puts out. I would say that. Like uh, I bought a wrestling t-shirt recently. Oh, nice. Yeah. I yeah. bought uh, the shirt, the black and white shirt uh, that is Chuck and Trent in his mom's van with the door open. <laughs> That's pretty the good. great thing is there's no words on it. It gives you no indication of what the hell it is. Yeah. So I just, I, and I'm wearing a face mask. So nobody really gets a good idea that like, I think it's funny. So just <laughs> picture me walking around downtown. Yeah. And people seeing that shirt and going, what, what is what that? Is, what is that? <laughs> some, some avant-garde movie reference. They if think somebody tries to get my attention. I'll be like, Oh, sorry. Social distance. Stay away from me. And then I just walk <laughs> away. And then for the next week, they're like, what the fuck was that what shirt? The, what was that shirt? I gotta know. Was that from a movie? It's the Lewis Black thing of uh, if, if it yeah. hadn't been for my horse, horse, I would have died that day. I never would have spent that year in college. <laughs> mm. So dumb. Uh, Good time. Good time. Yeah, but that's, yeah wrestling. that's wrestling. And it's time for the Video Destruct podcast, Oz, uh, where we talk about video games and sometimes wrestling at the beginning and end. Uh, we bookend our video game talk with wrestling because wrestling is fun. And video gamey in a way. Uh, and today, oh, it's the most video game ass thing out there. It, 
it really is honestly it's uh, dinner theater meets video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, the interaction is a little bit less but you feel like you're interacting um but there we go and today we're it's 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 october hoss it's the spooky scary month of it october is. And we've got uh, some spooky, scary stuff to talk about. In fact, this week, we're talking about a, an old favorite of mine that I never played when I was young. But later on in my early adulthood, I started to play uh, is the Clock Tower series. Mainly the first game, uh, because that's the one that I played uh, specifically. I never did get to play the two um, follow-ups uh, for the PlayStation era. But uh, uh, I, I had a little bit of experience with those. But the, the original one for the... Uh, the SNES that was later ported to the PS1, correct? They're different games. They're the same director, but it's basically... It, in Japan, it was called Clock Tower 2, but it shares a lot of similarities. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, you're correct. Um, so yeah, the, the SNES game, which... Did we ever get that here? Was that ever released no. on the SNES? Yeah, it was never released here on the SNES. That's interesting. Well, pretty pretty good indication of like why I never played it here. Um, but yeah, uh, my first uh, experience with the Clock Tower series. Do you know what that was? Actually, no. Uh, it was uh, it was the the trophy that you get in Smash Brothers, the original N sixty four Smash Brothers. That's right, you told me about that. <laughs> yeah, it was like the main character of the Clock Tower series is one of the trophies, and I was like, who is this? And it's like it's just some random schoolgirl. Uh, uh, Hifumi Kono, and or, and or no, sorry, the the that's the director of the game. Uh, but yeah, just some random girl, uh, and, and that was one of the trophies uh, on Smash Bros. And that was like, oh okay. And then I later learned about the Clock Tower series and what it was, and kind of fell in love with it a little bit. So yeah, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah, but we will talk about the Clock Tower series uh, and a little known game that is also a spiritual successor to the Clock Tower series called Haunting Ground. Uh, that I think bears a lot of uh, it bears a lot of discussion. Actually, very interesting game that one. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we've got some what you've been playing, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I sat down with that Mario Thirty Five. Yeah, I haven't sat down with that yet. Need to so go and do that. much in the uh, uh, vein of uh, Tetris Ninety Nine, which kind of took the world by storm about a year ago. Um, <clears throat> uh, Nintendo decided to release, um, effectively Tetris 99, but Mario, mm -hmm. um, you know, they battle royale uh, Mario. Right. So I'm going to explain this thing in pretty quick order to you because a lot of this wasn't exactly made clear in the 60 second trailer or whatever they released for <laughs> Granted, yeah. they didn't have to spend a lot of time or money explaining what the hell this thing is because it's free. As long as you have the network, it's just something that they give to you. It's not like they were right. trying to sell you on a product mm -hmm. that didn't have widescreen support for Mario 64 or anything. <laughs> that's, still, that's still weird to me. I, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm still not wild about that. I know you can just import like uh, uh, MP3 or uh, import uh, emulators into your into your consoles nowadays, but I really would have liked to like a rebuild of, of Mario 64. I think that would have been interesting. Yeah. I don't need a remake, just a remaster that takes itself seriously. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. all I need. <clears throat> yeah. That's it. Yep. Um, and I don't feel like that did that at all. 
No, no. <laughs> um, I would agree. But, uh, so Mario 35, all right, here's what happens. Uh, you yes. get matched into a room with 35 total people. I, I don't know if it's you. I think it's 35 total, not 35 and you. So what, yeah. whatever, it's 34 people. other people, I believe. Yes. Um, so uh, you're starting. Eventually, you can start at other levels, but I've played about an hour of this. And let me tell you, you're going to see a hell of a lot of 1-1, one, one, man. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just FYI. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that uh, killing enemies sends enemies to other people's screens and gets you time. Coins mm-hmm. get you time. Stars get you time. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else builds your time. So mm-hmm. think about this in the sense of a battle royale is that, you know, the circle is closing in on you. And the circle in this game is dependent on you. You are the circle. Right. Uh, and if you run out of time, the circle closes and you die. Mm-hmm. Um so it's all about uh, being offensive while defensive and defensive in the sense of, uh, you know, making sure that you're kind of wiping the level of all the coins that you can get and all this other stuff so that you're banking your time up, but also killing enemies because that send them, uh, sends them to other people's boards, you know, other people's environments, just like how clearing lines did for Tetris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all right. So here's the thing is that the first... I would say two to five minutes of any round of Mario 35 are fucking hectic. <laughs> uh, and I think it, it does really well. Like you can, so whatever you kill, you send to other people's levels. Right. So it's almost like a fucked up Mario maker level where you can end up with situations where you've got four hammer bros and three Bowsers. Yeah. Just staring you right in the face. Yeah. So, uh, the warp levels don't work like they used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like in 1-2, you can still hit you know, the warp level portion of it, but that gives you the choice to go to, uh, like, say, 2-1, two, 2-2, two, 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 uh, In that situation, I think every time you should want to go to 2-4. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a palace, and that's going to give you, if you can kill him, a Bowser. Right. You're going to throw someone else. Gotcha. So I've only played this in handheld mode and I haven't really fucked with it. I believe it still has all of the Tetris 99 kind of approach where I can point at someone else and send it to them. But, you know, Mario moves so damn fast. Right. uh, I haven't really experimented with that very much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think it has a problem, though. It almost feels like, you know how at the last... Uh, part of a battle royale. You are in an incredibly tight environment and you're all on top of each other. Right. Um, that is the crescendo of that game is that basically you are all locked in a closet together. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get down to about five people, three people, I've won a couple of these matches. That game gets long. So yeah. like it, as long, like the final three or final five people is as long as the rest of the game was. I see, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, I've heard some other people recommend things, so I'm not going to take credit for this or anything, but like a Bowser Rush mm-hmm. or something where, like, it just... Everybody gets a shitload of browser, uh, Bowsers right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, or, you know, here's uh, a random roll where it's going to throw five more enemies, you know, in an unsuspecting spot. It's something like that. It's... Right. Basically, you go and it's not... the. I have never had a game ended where 
I was murdered by somebody's enemies. Right. I always have the uh, fuck. I missed that jump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run out of time, maybe. Well, and I've I've run these same stages so many times, back to back to back. It's like eventually you're just gonna fuck up, right? And it, and it's not that like that person bested you. It's like you know, it's just I'm 37. <laughs> you know, like I'm old. Eventually, I'm gonna fuck up. You know, I, I'm pretty good at Mario, guys, but like you know, uh, I, I, I the last time I played this much Mario one was quite a while ago. Right. Uh, and so the other thing that I would say is that I. They changed the physics again, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Um, right. I feel like some of the bounces off of enemies that you kill is different. Gotcha. Um, so for killing a line of Goombas, it feels a little bit different. Uh, and that's also that, like you know, Mario Maker changed Mario One's physics. It's true. It did. And I was fine with it then, but I feel like changing it again here. It's like, guys, can we not all agree on how these should be? <laughs> heaven yeah, forbid you're bouncing back and back and forth between the two of them that's got to be a living nightmare right yeah yeah i don't know it, it, it sometimes you, you make those tweaks to you know kind of um differentiate the game feel or to accommodate like what you're trying to uh what you're trying to get the the player to experience i guess you know in a few way in a way and, and um, i i do understand it but like as somebody who considers themselves to be a, a bit of a purist mm-hmm. uh i thought that was uh a mistake yeah uh, sure. and I, I i don't love all the physics in this one but you know it's a free thing like it's yeah you know if they were gonna sit here and say hey every month we're gonna add new mechanics new enemies you know new level stuff right. uh, or anything like that i would say this is awesome uh, because they have supported Tetris 99 like incredibly strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands with this, when they say, you know, they've said from the beginning that this is going away in March, that's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're not going to do anything to it, that's probably fine. Right. It just uh, goes away. Yeah. yeah. I would recommend if you do have the subscription, go play it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Def- it'll definitely be an experience to like, you know, especially if it's just going away and it's a, you know, it's a live service type of thing that's not going to be around. So. Well, I, I, I will say like, it's, they've done a pretty good job of justifying their paid service, mm-hmm. uh, with all yeah. the stuff that they have done. Yeah. So. Yeah. There we go. Cool. Rock on. Uh, we've also played another little game, uh, together. In fact, uh, with some other friends of ours, uh, we played among us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of that game? I enjoy that game thoroughly. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that your take on it? I think it's great. To, uh, like me and my wife have a very good time playing it. I have like when she's if she's not going to be online, even if it is with you guys, I have no interest in playing that game. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's, it's. I think it sucks shit a little bit. <laughs> Why is that? It's just boring. Nah. It's just every round just feels way too samey. Uh, yeah. You know, we start, I send you into space mm-hmm. and then, yeah, every time, <laughs> every time, every time you try to send me into space. Uh, no, I mean, well, I think the, the, the basis of that game is the interaction that you have with the people with you. So the fact that you don't have any interest unless your wife is also playing, like makes perfect sense to me. Like I wouldn't want to play that game with a bunch of randos 
you know what I mean? On an, in an I, online I, thing I in a chat there, there are like a whole world of people out there that are out there just hopping in pub games to go play that. And I'm like, what? Fuck, yeah. go do anything else. I mean, I think there's some fun aspects to it, but I, I think the majority of the fun of that game comes from interacting with people on a Discord server and accusing your friends. Like, that's the whole reason people play Werewolf and Secret Hitler and all those little card games that are all the damn same. See, I, you don't, know? Like, I don't like any of those games. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those either, but this one gives you a little bit more to do because you can witness people actually playing a game and, like, witness the way they're playing in a particular way and be like, hey... I think there's a lot of metagaming involved with that, a lot more so than you would get with, you know, uh, Werewolf, which you actually just have very specific instructions and you have to follow those instructions and nobody else can deviate from it. So in this, you can actually go through and behave in a way that might uh, prove your innocence or trick somebody into thinking you're innocent. Uh, there, there's a lot of interesting ways to play the game, and I, I think that's what differentiates that from those card games like secret Hitler or just, Oh, I just lie all the time. There's actual like ways to manipulate how you lie within the game that I enjoy. So uh, that's where I think it has a little bit more of a stronger feel to it. Um, it's a weird game because it was, it, it was released in 2018 um, and no one really talked about it or, or paid attention to it at all. Um, and then suddenly it blew up because I'm assuming some streamer watched it or played it and, uh, it blew up with everybody else, and now all the streamers play it. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think I think it has a lot of uh, it has a lot of merit in its simplicity. You know, um, uh, Windjammers is a very simple game. Uh, this is no Windjammers, obviously, uh, but Windjammers is very simple on the basis of what it is. Uh, but you enjoy it because of uh, you know the polish. Uh, between the the controls and the gameplay and everything like that, I think this has a similar appeal because you know it's very simplistic, but there's a thousand different ways you can kind of play it uh, depending on who's in your Discord server. So that's my take on it. So there we yeah, go. I, I I I guess it's fine. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I don't like games like that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But I will say, like you know, much. Much as I said, uh, you know, about like Animal Crossing earlier this year and uh, stuff like that, is that like I get to see this game through my wife's eyes, right? Who hasn't played a bunch of board games like this, where it's like, oh, we're all going to sit around this table and lie to each other. <laughs> One of us secretly Hitler, you know, like oh, all that. One of yeah. that horseshit bullshit fucking garbage right. games that I don't like, you know. But I get to see her experience one of these horseshit garbage bullshit fucking <laughs> terrible games that i don't like through her eyes which sure. gives me like a limitless joy right you know, yeah yeah like, oh she can see how every person she knows is a goddamn liar <laughs> oh boy there we go but yeah uh i enjoy that game i'm gonna play i'm gonna be playing more of it for sure um we got some we, other friends that we got a let's them. play of us recorded for that so we uh, do we do that is should that, be out is that up? Uh, it'll be out this week. Yeah. Cool. So that'll be out this week for sure. Uh, I think Friday of when you guys listen to this one, it'll be up that week. It'll be up uh, Friday of when you guys listen to this. So I believe this is going up Wednesday. So yeah, Wednesday. So two more days, you'll see our, our Let's Play of Among Sweet. Us. So there we go. Um, yeah, we also played Little Nightmares too. Uh, that'll be coming up. As, uh, yeah. Uh, as we've well. been experimenting uh, with Parsec. Uh, yeah. So if I seem a little distracted in these videos <laughs> bear in mind we were testing very new technology 
Yeah. That I felt like was prepared to break at any given time. <laughs> I also was fighting through a, a voice echo. So if I sound like I'm talking oddly, that's the reason. <laughs> so, yeah. Like to, in a certain, to a certain degree, I almost feel like, ah, you know, maybe those videos go on the back burner, but like, you know, I also feel like we did show what Spelunky two is like. We did show mm-hmm. what little nightmares is like, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I thought it wasn't a disaster. So, like, I think we put that out there. But if you watch those videos and you haven't watched one of ours in a while, no, there was a lot of shit going on on the back end. That was <laughs> fucked. It was real weird. It was real bizarre. Uh, but there we go. Uh, now, the last thing before we get to our topic of the day, Haas, is a bit surprising uh, from my end uh, that you actually want to talk to me about a Walking Dead TV show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I'll give everybody the full disclosure. I went out last week and I bought uh, the first issue of The Walking Dead in color. They are reprinting Ooh. those in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, because earlier this year, I, against all of my best recommendations to myself, mm-hmm. uh, read through every issue, all 192, 194 uh, issues of the comic and all of the side shots, uh, mm-hmm. the side stories, the graphic novels, the one shots, and I read an, an actual novel because mm-hmm. uh, I got way into The Walking Dead, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh, so I watched, you know, fans of the show might remember, I watched the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead television show back when it came out, and I did not like it. Mm-hmm. Um. I, that sounds like, it, especially as it went on, is one of the most like polarizing TV shows in history. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I, I definitely slipped off of it not too long after you did. It was yeah, not, uh, not since Lost. Yeah, people seem to fall off of a truck faster. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I watched some of that, didn't love it, loved the look of it. But then when I actually read the comics, I found out that like all the shots that were great and all the scenes that were great were just stolen mm-hmm. from the comic. Yep. <laughs> which is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, I'm like, oh man, what about that cool visual that you got? And then as I was reading, I'm like, fuck, this was just in here. <laughs> like, they, didn't, they just held that up to a cinematographer and said, do that, that. <laughs> do that thing. Make this shop look like that. <laughs> Zombie in a, in a well just comes apart. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> went into that. Never even bothered to watch Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, play... Uh, Loved the Telltale stuff at the beginning, kind of fell off near the end, finished it, but still, like, you know, I, I thought it started way stronger than it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, for whatever reason, was just laying in bed the other night and decided, you know what? That new Walking Dead World Beyond show, that trailer seemed okay. Okay. So I said, all right, I'm going to watch this. Okay. Because it sold me on the look of it is that a it looked more colorful, mm-hmm. um, and not just that it is people of color in there, but the trailer has a lot of colorful environments, colorful. Uh, it's almost like how remember when uh, uh, Rage Two came out and the trailer was just uh, or that Far Cry game where it had all those neon colors in it and shit for them to go like, hey, it's not just a desert, you fuckers. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the trailer was definitely that. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, basically this is kind of like the Goonies mm-hmm. meets Stranger Things mm-hmm. 
and Stand By Me because it's a road trip movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's about these, like, you know, coming-of-age, 18-year-old-y kind of folks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, they've all got... That, you know, stop me if you've heard this. They've all got a secret, and um, some of their secrets are about other people that happen to be in the group. Uh oh. And the other yeah. person is completely oblivious to it right now. Don't worry, I'm sure they'll never find out. <laughs> I'm sure that'll never that'll ever come up later. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got a, a lot of visuals. So the, the the great thing that I really like about it that I think works is that so. There are three towns in the world. So this is 15-ish years after uh, they what they call when the sky fell. So that's okay. you know, the beginning of The Walking Dead. That's where all the planes are falling out of the sky. Everybody's, you know, zombified, you know, all at the same time, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> this, uh, was it Nebraska? University of Nebraska, I think is where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they're one of the three towns that are partnered together. So these three towns, they built a wall around themselves. They've got gardens, you know, they're trying to bring, uh, you know, uh, they've got power back through hydroelectric. You know, they're living normal lives mm-hmm. um, in very small communities. Right. Um, well, this organization of uh, civic republics or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So, Tell me if these people are evil. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers are evil. Um, <laughs> exactly. Oh, geez. So what they, a shocker. So they start to, they're built, these three towns are building a relationship with this Republic. The thing is, this Republic's got helicopters. They've got tanks. They've got, you know, a full military. They've got, they've got everything. And all four of these towns are working on a cure to the virus. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and the Civic Republic comes in and they want to learn about what these people are doing. And mm-hmm. one of these, and the only reason the Civic Republic knows these people exist is because the father of these two girls left, you know, kind of Fallout 3 uh, gotcha. to go meet the Civic Republic people because they had seen some propaganda around to mm-hmm. go meet them. And he's a scientist. Gotcha. Well, they come to go, uh, you know, build this relationship. Well, Things happen and all this stuff. And the Civic Republic, they're all the way evil. All the way evil. And uh, <laughs> so the girls, the twin, uh, well, not twins, but sisters, uh, find out that their dad's in danger. And he's okay. uh, being held by the Civic Republic. And they're in Nebraska and he's in New York. Gotcha. So this whole show is going to be a road trip to go save this fucking guy. Gotcha. Um, so, and you've got your uh, your tall, dorky kid who doesn't talk. You've got your really skinny, nerdy kid who knows everything about the apocalypse. Uh, the rebel girl that knows how to make booze, but she's also secretly like a really good scientist like her dad. And then the smart one. Mm-hmm. And they set off. Gotcha. And it's... Watch the first episode. It's fun. It is okay. not at all like wholly <laughs> depressing and plotting and <laughs> shitty. Um <laughs> As long as it's a different feel from like what the original, you know, kind of 180. And I will say the cinematography is the thing that was good about the walking dead, Mm -hmm. but it's better here. Yeah. Okay. Rock on. So yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Sweet. Maybe I will go check that out. I'm not saying it's a 10 out of 10 TV show, but I think it's fully watchable. Sure, I don't think they're. I don't think a ten out of ten TV show exists anymore. So, well, not right better, now. Better call Saul's up there. 
Uh, it's probably a 9.5. I have to six. finish Breaking Bad, which I don't oh. like, before I oh. can ever get to that. Oh, man. So good. I love I love Better Call Saul. Anyway, but that's uh, that's going to do it, man. Uh, we're, we're ready for our topic of the day, which is Clock Tower uh, on the SNES. Um, what was your first experience with Clock Tower? And okay, so my is? first experience, and I, I'd forgotten that there was a hole in my brain and some of it leaked out. Mm-hmm. So Clock Tower 1 for the Super mm-hmm. Famicom Mm-hmm. did come to the states okay it came after clock tower 2 which was called clock tower in the in america that's what it was yeah that makes and it sense. was released after that and called the first fear yeah that's right yeah but we didn't get it during its time for sure over here i knew no, that. like yeah. we already had you know like we were about to get resident evil 2 Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time that Super Famicom port came there with a couple of cinematics in it. so Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But horror was huge. After Resident Evil came out, horror was huge. Yeah, yeah, it got real big. Um, and, and that's sort of a, you know, it, that's sort of like a, a, a tale of, of what Clock Tower was, you know, back in 1995 to have that sort of survival horror aspect that didn't blow up until Resident Evil, uh, you know, blew up over here. Um that's when that whole format became a big thing. But Clock Tower was very much, uh, you know, for the SNES was very for the Super Famicom. Sorry, uh, was very much in that same vein. So well, and you know, uh, Clock Tower I would call very contemporary to things like Alone in the Dark, mm-hmm. uh, which predate Resident Evil. But yeah. by the time that in March of uh, was that ninety six? Yeah, March of ninety six. Uh, when Resident Evil came out in the States, uh, American publishers were just like, dude, you got a horror game? <laughs> it's People true. flipping yeah. out about these. You, you get fucking, it was from the Super Nintendo. Who gives a shit? Release it. Yeah, release it. Who cares? Put it out. Put it out. We got to get it in there. Yeah, we uh, we got to get a taste of this Resident Evil money. Yeah, it's, it's it's very true. You know, you have you have a very slow, um, you know, hammered pace. I guess we can get into the gameplay or whatever, yeah. um, or uh, the history of it first. I don't know. We don't really have a structure when we talk about these things. Uh, <laughs> but we have a very hammered pace in this thing. It's very like methodical. You can double tap to run, but your main character's run isn't that that much. Um, the whole plot is that you're this girl who is basically getting adopted into this um, foster home. Uh, turns out it's it's all a horrible, evil plot. You're there with a bunch of other adopted girls and um, uh, uh, crazy horror shenanigans ensue uh, moments after you get to this, uh, to this mansion um, in which a clock tower is attached to. Um, and uh, you oh, start no. getting... Yeah, right, oh no! And you start getting chased around by this uh, creepy little guy who's kind of dressed like the lead singer of ACDC uh, in a little schoolboy outfit. Uh, and he has giant scissors and he's called Scissor Man. Yeah, he's in the schoolboy outfit. Yeah. So he's Angus Young. He's, he's, got yeah. a, he's got an SG guitar and he's gonna get you! I'm gonna get you! Uh, yeah, he looks like Angus Young. <laughs> but he's got the dude's face from the mask. Uh, from mask. He does. He's got a real messed up Rocky, face. Rocky Dennis. <laughs> Rocky Dennis face. Yeah, real Rocky Dennis face. I forget the kid's name. It's like Dan or Steve or something. It's very uh, 
you know, it's very a uh, normal name type of thing, but it's Billy or Bobby, but he's this little kid. He's this like grown adult who has like little kid syndrome, but he has a big pair of scissors and he chases after you uh, throughout the game. And, uh, but he's he just Benjamin buttoning all over the place. Yeah. And he, scissor man can appear in like any, uh, you know, any uh, room uh, kind of randomly. He has scripted uh, reveals that you can have. There's, uh, one in the bathroom, I think, is the first time that I got revealed to him when I played the game. Uh, there's a bathroom scene where you pull back the shower curtain, and one of yep. the girls is kind of tied to the to the to the shower, uh, you know, on top of the shower, and then Scissor Man kind of bursts out from the water underneath with the scissors and starts chasing after you. Um, uh, very very terrifying stuff. Um, yeah, there's different ways you can get introduced to Scissor Man, which I think is interesting. Uh, there's one where he can come crashing through the skylight in the middle of the living room with a girl already impaled in his scissors and he hits the ground and he's invulnerable somehow. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, real, real interesting stuff. You have a, you have a run button, which is a double tap, which isn't very, uh, it doesn't go very fast. Uh, but it's faster than your normal walk cycle. Obviously you have a terror meter. So, uh, real limited HUD too, which I like. Um, you know, you can uh, enter panic mode. Yes. And when you go into panic mode, uh, you know, things sort of, uh, you, you can be killed once you enter panic mode. Uh, you can trip, you can slow down. Uh, you basically can't be killed in this game unless you're completely panicked. Um, you can always kind of recover and get away. Uh, sort of like a horror, like you're the heroine in a horror movie. It really works out that way. Um, but you know, if, if you're, there are also some automatic kill moments, I think. Um, so, uh, that, that, that can occur. Yeah, so you if definitely... you go into rooms uh, at the wrong time, mm -hmm. like before you encounter like the mansion key, uh, yeah. or if you haven't disabled traps from another room, you can go in there and mm -hmm. there's your, your your immediate kill kind of stuff, which yeah. was common of the time because you have to think about when this game was being made for the Super Famicom, this mm -hmm. is at the time when everybody's making multimedia games. Uh, mm -hmm. where everything is just FMV video, where it's just, there's, it's all a fail state. It's like, oops, you know, like you have to fucking Mad Dog McCree shot you, fat man. You know, so. <laughs> right. It, it is very of its time. I mean, it's a point and click game. Uh, yeah. It is 100%, like, if this was on PC, it would have just been, it would have been Fanta uh, Phantasmagoria. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this is a point-and-click adventure game that is giving you the illusion of an actual action game. Yeah. Uh, which I think is pretty cool because it lets you kind of take in the environments more. Uh, mm. a, lot of, a lot of this game is told at a very plodding, slow pace. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's got decent uh, audio, especially for like a Super Famicom release. Um, but the... Uh, the thing about this game that I really enjoy is that it gives you this constant heartbeat in your throat. Mm -hmm. uh, fucking scissor man's going to pop out of here. And that motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and I yeah. like that kind of dread. Also, yeah. I have another thing to say that I keep forgetting to mention every time uh, uh, I hop in to say anything is that, have you realized this game is basically just a point and click version of Outlast? Yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, for sure. Because you can't damage them. You have to go mm -hmm. in closets and lockers mm -hmm. and hide under beds and all this other stuff to yeah. to save yourself. This yeah. game is just Outlast. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly what Outlast, uh, I think during one of our playthroughs, I may have mentioned it's very Clock Tower. Uh, but that's one of the things Outlast very much reminded me of. Uh, just that you cannot defeat the villain. You have to just cycle through, you know, the narrative to get to the point where he finally gets defeated. You can only kind of survive, like like you said, you know. Um, it, it's, very, it's very telling to like Mr. X and Nemesis from Resident Evil 3. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Like, you can't ever beat Mr. X. You can't ever beat Nemesis in the scripted areas in which they show up. You have to get through and survive to the end to where you finally get to them. Um, I would actually drill this even farther to a slightly more arcane example, is mm -hmm. that this game is like a non-interactive fatal frame. Oh yeah, ghosts. It's it's about showing you that there's a murderer here, and you're mm -hmm. gonna witness things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, because that's what Fatal Frame's all about. Yeah, you do the 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 camera mechanic to capture the souls, and then they leave that room and all that kind of stuff. But right. really, that's all in the auspices of you seeing the haunting, right? And then that game just chooses to make you solve it. You know, to yeah. like, say like, oh, we're going to clear up this ghost infested house. Like, who left all these ghosts here? Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> a real Luigi's Mansion situation, if it were, if like, you were. Who spilled this bucket of all these ghosts? <laughs> and, so many. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, uh, but all of Fatal Frame is about is, and that's very Japanese horror. Mm -hmm. uh, go back and look at things like Ring You, yes. uh, you know, the old, the grudge or Juan, Juan uh, yeah. as it was known in Japan. It's, it's about witnessing horror. Yes. Not yeah. about like the Ghostbusters don't show up and kill it. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's no big burly man with a shotgun comes and kills this thing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, cause I mean, if you look at like even the description for the movie version of Juan, and this is contemporary with those films in Japan, yeah. uh, is that it, Juan is it's someone who's gripped by a horrible fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they are scared so much that they are petrified yeah. to the point of becoming a ghost that haunts that place because they can never accept the horrors they've seen. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's fucking badass. Yeah, that's great. It's fantastic. You're right. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it, and I think that, you know, Clock Tower is very much what video game creators were capable of creating at that time with the limited hardware that they had to elicit that kind of feeling. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. The, uh, the music is very atmospheric. Um, it's very creepy. Um, feels very um, exorcist in, in a lot of ways, very inspired by exorcist. Um, you know, there's other little scares that can happen to you that are kind of unexplained because, you know, like there's there, there's supernatural elements to what's going on in a, in a, in a few different ways. But, uh, you know, one of them, if you check them, you can check things in the room, obviously, like pick up items and things like that. Uh, if you check the mirror in the bedroom, like your reflection kind of, comes out and starts strangling you at a certain point and like and that can happen sometimes but sometimes it won't so if you've played through the game before that didn't happen last time you go to check the mirror and you get gripped by a hand that might spook you out um and you have this really kind of spooky kind of a it sounds way worse than the way i just made it sound but when like a, a scary thing happens it has a cue and the music kind of tenses up but it's never like 
it's it's like a it's like a staccatoed kind of feel to it so you feel uncomfortable as it's happening not not so much like like you're terrified you're 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 like you're very uncomfortable like like you said that not in your throat kind of a feel you know um very interesting the way they do that sort of thing well and Um, this game uh this game also does the thing you kind of alluded to it of there's a lot of objects in this mm -hmm. uh, paintings holes in walls doors uh you know that beckon you to stay away from them Mm -hmm. uh when you click them the first time and then the second time that you encounter them if you choose to interact with them they they may startle you they you know they they may actually try to attack you Mm -hmm. and uh, if you think about that that's the hallway with the dogs from resident evil one yeah needless to say somebody from capcom probably played this Uh, (laughs) exactly yeah you're right because there's a lot of like telling because like this is all capcom like most of the stuff we're talking about is all you know capcom stuff that you that that you can refer to it so it it really does kind of catalog the first um dives into that type of horror and that hype that type of horror game which i think is interesting i bet if you looked at some of the developers for this you'd probably see a lot of them on on resident evil correct uh, uh there's definitely like uh yeah umi kono uh he ended up working at capcom he made steel battalion yeah uh, so there's a very good chance that while he was working there he might have had some interaction there but yeah uh, clock tower ended up being purchased by capcom mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so capcom definitely saw what they like so i'm sure there's a lot of artists composers those kind of people that aren't necessarily like uh yeah. you know top of page there uh when right. i make uh you know the installments of the resident evil games so right Capcom definitely saw what they like they actually ended up uh i think it was ascii entertainment that uh yeah it was that published the first clock tower game in the u.s mm-hmm. um because that game was made uh, developed and published by human entertainment in japan mm-hmm. where you could do that a lot more uh loosey-goosey on the playstation one and the Fami- uh, super famicom uh mm-hmm. around that time but when it came to publishing abroad you needed a more traditional publisher so that's where ascii entertainment and age tech uh, come in to publish Clock Tower, and then the uh, the uh, re-release of the first one for the PlayStation One was it the first Terror, the f- yeah the first Fear. There you go, first Fear. Uh, yeah, first yeah, that's Ascii Entertainment and Age Tech, and then after that, Capcom comes in, buys them all, and publishes uh, every other installment of the franchise from there. But also, uh, I assume, uh, scooped up all the developers. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like Clock Tower is not a franchise that went on to have uh, many more installments. I mean, you know, you got Clock Tower 3 for the PS2, and mm-hmm. then you wanted to talk about another game that was super late uh, yes. in PS2's lifespan. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, th- 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 this game is, uh, is very interesting uh, because it- it's a very spiritual successor to the game, and I remember playing this game very briefly at a friend's house. Um, I have recently watched full Let's Plays of this thing because it, I remembered it not too long ago and decided like, oh, I remember that game. That was interesting. Uh, it was called Haunting Ground. Um, that's what it was known here. It was called Demento in Japan. Uh, survival horror game, same year Resident Evil 4 came out. So it was sort of buried under that whole, uh, you know, that whole phenomenon of a game. Well, it was um, also, uh, you know, not far away from 
uh, the launch of the Xbox 360. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things working against this. There was quite a few games around this time uh, that ed- have ended up getting really big as Steam because they were looked over then. There was Haunted mm-hmm. Ground. There was Rule of Rose. Oh, yeah. I remember Rule of Rose. Incredibly expensive to buy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And because that was, I was working at a GameStop at that time, and that was when you were looking at the PS2 shelf going like, all right, can we kill this new release section now? Like, nope, there's a game <laughs> this week. What, what is it? Rule of Rose. <laughs> sure. And this other sure. game's just called Baseball. <laughs> it's like we're going back to Nintendo names ba- there. Baseball what? It's just called Baseball. <laughs> it's just Baseball. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Haunting Ground is very much in that uh, realm too. I think a hard copy for this goes for like, 150 to 200 dollars on ebay that's some um, rule of rose pricing right there too yeah. yeah it's 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 hard to find this because it's not really anywhere else there's emulators for it interesting thing about the emulators of this game though um uh they have really wonky they're really wonky with the shadow graphics uh there's certain graphics in this game. A lot. Uh, silent hill 2 is another yes. game that goes through that as well Yes. Uh, big problem with this, and I'm going to spoil one of the things. You get chased by like five separate enemies in this game, right? There's different sections of the game that you'll get chased by, obviously. Not just one scissor man, there's more than one. Oh, no. uh, but there's one particular guy that uh, is invisible, right? Like that's the whole gimmick is that he's, you know, like an invisible enemy. And you can kind of see him predator style in a way. But in the emulator version, you basically just see a big glitch. Like he looks like, oh, he looks, yeah, like he, he the, for some reason, like whatever the texture uh, program they have of him, you can just see him. And he's just a big glitch of a thing uh, instead of the actual like chameleon type of deal. So it sort of breaks the game a little bit when you play this game on emulator, uh, at least that part. It's a very small part where you have to fight him. Um, but yeah, uh, so it sort of breaks your immersion a little bit if you play this thing on emulator. But then again. There's no way to play it unless you have a PS2 and you shell out 200 bucks for a hard copy of this thing. Um, it is available as Demento on the on PSN. Uh, you can go download on PSN, but only in Japan. So you can only download the Demento version in Japan if you have the PlayStation Network. Uh, so that's like the only ways that it's available. Um, so it's kind of a dead game in a few ways, but uh, very Clock Tower-esque. Um, super similar to Clock Tower 3, it says. I never played Clock Tower 3, but I'm assuming they mean in the way that it, that it moves because you kind of have tank controls. Uh, like, yeah, Clock uh, Tower 3, it tries to be a little bit more action-y, but it's, it's mm-hmm. more like Dino Crisis kind of action-y than it is yeah. the before kind of action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is definitely in that same vein of like Silent Hill and Resident Evil and Clock Tower. You cannot fight your enemies. You're this girl named Fiona. You wake up in this castle in the dungeon uh, that's not locked, luckily. You just walk out uh, because they forgot to lock you in, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, you wake up and like the, well, the, guy, that's, the guy that's looking after you is this big... He, he kind of looks like the main villain from Clock Tower, except he's like huge and like lumbering and has like a weird, you know, melty face kind of thing. Um, and uh, he acts very childlike and he wears like overalls. He's like the he's like the gardener of the castle or whatever. And he's sort of like just keeping you in this in this um, cage. It sort of alludes that he probably let you out in a few ways. Um, but uh, he's also one of the guys that chases after you to kind of put you back in the cage. So. Uh, but yeah, 
Um, you have other characters you meet along the way that you end up fighting later. There's one character that's very creepy. She's the maid. You get introduced to all the characters like almost immediately in the opening cinematic, and then you kind of start flying through the game, and once you defeat one of the other characters, you lead into the next one. Uh, the maid is actually very terrifying. Um, okay, all right. I know exactly what this is. The, so the beginning of the game is basically the dinner scene at the spooky mansion, and then... It- it is exactly that because you, you get you get introduced to this big lumbering gardener dude who just kind of lets you out of the cage almost. Then you meet this maid who gives you clothes to wear. Um, you know, it. Uh, I saw someone do a review of this. It was very interesting because like a lot of the criticisms this game had was that Fiona, the main character, is sort of lewdly dressed for no good reason. Um, when actually there actually is a good reason for her to be dressed that way, and it's part of the terror is that you're sort of like viewed as this object by the main antagonist in a few ways. You're kind of being kept in this castle as like, as his. So of course he gives you this like risque outfit to wear. And, you know, there's like little vestiges of like people peeping at you, you know, something peeping at you from different angles. Like it has that very, uh, that feel that you're being watched a lot of the time. And it sort of plays into that. And it's a woman reviewing this, so I'm not just coming at it from a man's point of view saying this, uh, but she's like, that actually adds to the terror that you're just this object of somebody keeping you here. And it really adds to it. Um, the maid is really terrifying when you get to her because she kind of spazzes out and has these like polarizing, like uh, anger moments where she chases after you. But if you, you can randomly run into her, when she's just doing her maid tasks and she doesn't mess with you at all. So it's like, it's like even more terrifying. Like you'll run into her and she's just folding clothes and you can even walk up to her and talk to her and be like, hello, miss. And she doesn't even bother you. And then the next time you see her, she has like a big piece of broken glass and she's trying to slash you with it. (laughs) So it's just really creepy. Um, Sorry. I I was counting matchsticks when you came by earlier. Like, Oh God. Oh Jesus. Uh, But yeah. And uh, she, she has this real robotic kind of way of viewing things. She like has this thousand yard stare and she talks very monotone, but then she'll have these crazy laughing fits and her head will jitter back and forth in that weird, creepy Japanese horror kind of way. So she's um, awesome, is what you're. Yeah, talking. she's fantastic. She's the best character of the whole thing, honestly. Um, it's like actually it goes downhill after you get rid of her because the other enemies are kind of weak. Uh, but because um, uh, there's one dude who just like can just shoot you. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm the monster of rickety jungle gym. A clank, a clank, a clank, a clank. We'll just stay away from that fucking jungle gym. <laughs> just stay away from that jungle gym. Don't go near it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's got some good stuff and it, and it really goes into some real like things that I like, some very cosmic horror type things that uh, there's kind of like a, a there's a, a vestige of like a deeper, dark secret inside of this castle that's uh, that's really creepy and good. So uh, and, and your legacy within it and like, you know, you're you're your main the main character, Fiona. She's also got amnesia, so she doesn't know why she's there, blah, blah, blah. So you get to you get to have that revealed to you as it goes through, which is very, a very cliche plot but i think it works for gameplay in a few ways because you get to experience the situation as you go through um best part about the game though hoss uh is huey huey is your dog companion that you meet in this in this game um 
Yes, uh, Huey's a little, he's a little white shepherd, a uh, little, little husky-looking type doggo, little little boy, and uh, he's basically your main line of defense from a lot of the enemies. Because some of the times to defeat the the final confrontation with the enemies are a little bit frustrating. You have to like complete kind of a puzzle, like a sliding wall puzzle kind of thing, while the enemy is trying to attack you. So literally, the only way to do that is to get your dog to attack them while you're doing anything. Um, but it's really cool. You can set him up and you give him like certain commands, kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, Rainbow Six style, old school Rainbow Six style. Um, you got like a search mode. You can go like go search, and he'll go search around and try and find like items for you or like a particular item to get you the next thing, uh, which is cool. He can leap over um, crevices that you can't get through. He can crawl through certain areas that you can't get to. You can put him in defense mode, uh, just like in Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, you can put him in defense mode and he'll like, you know, kind of stand guard. And if like one of the enemies comes near you, he'll start to attack him. But uh, he's not like ultimately powerful. Like they, they'll knock him away and they can knock the dog out. They can never kill the dog, which is good. Uh, and uh, But they can knock him out. And if he's knocked out, he's kind of like out of the, you know, he's, he's kind of down for a while. So um, you got to like run from the enemy from then. If, you get, if, he, if he fights too much, he gets too tired. Let's say that. Um, but yeah, Huey's great. Um, and he's, he's introduced in the game. He also helps with your, you can have a terror meter in this as well, just like original clock tower. Um, and if you're alone, you can kind of interact with him and that, that brings your terror down a little bit. You can pet him and like, and it, it, it brings his health up and it brings your terror down. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's a great little mechanic, and it's it's one of the better dog mechanics. Is like I'm reading a lot of the reviews, and people are like, it's one of the better dog mechanics that people have actually kind of put into things. So, uh, people should look back to Huey for for good dog mechanic in in video games. Um, really cool game, very much enjoyed. It has uh, it has uh, I think just one ending, um, one full ending that you get to. There's no multiple. Oh, that's something I didn't mention in Clock Tower. There's multiple endings in Clock Tower. Um, you can actually end that game in, I think 15 in like 10 minutes, you can find the keys of the car and just leave. Yep. And, and, uh, you end up getting killed by the end of it. Cause I think the scissor man's in the back seat or whatever, cause you left all your friends to die. So, <laughs> but you can end that game in 10 minutes. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a fun thing about that. Yeah, and there's also, that is very, very intrinsically tied to its FMV and adventure game roots. Is it yes. always one of those? Mm. uh early exit like pull your <laughs> pull your parachute kind of options uh, yeah where you totally fuck over all your friends and you still die yeah <laughs> yeah it and it, it's interesting because again like haunting ground demento is is a spiritual successor to it very much in the same vein of it of clock tower and and i wanted to talk about both these games because they're so Similar, like deliberately so. There's even, I'm not going to spoil it for people, there's a direct reference to Clock Tower in Haunting Ground towards the end, uh, which is pretty good. I'll tell you at the end of this pod, after we're done recording, I don't want to spoil it for people. If they, for some reason, want to find it and play the game via emulator or whatever. Uh, But yeah. Um, It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. But these are these are these are good movies. They're good games. I very much enjoy. They are kind of movies almost too. Uh, I, I enjoy both of them. I would like to see a new one, but this is like the you know if you count Haunting Ground as a Clock Tower game, there hasn't been a Clock Tower game since two thousand five. So we're we're entering 
15 years of no clock tower games at all well um, uh, one thing that i would say is that resident evil has been so incredibly hot for them since then especially yes. right now where they are making resident evil uh village or resident evil 8 village whatever you want to call it um yes. and they are also still doing their remakes which i've heard Back and forth and back and forth rumors that n up next is either Code Veronica or Resident Evil 4 or both mm -hmm. um, uh, for those. So uh, they haven't really had a reason to reach into their bag of tricks. Like, I absolutely think, and you can, if anything is to be, you know, believed in in the next decade, and I want you to, everyone to put their ear very close to their, to their speaker right now and just breathe this in. <laughs> As soon as Resident Evil cools down, which I believe will be in the next three years, I'm not saying it's going to end or anything, but once you know a yearly installment in those franchises isn't very feasible anymore, right? Uh, I think what you'll have is uh, Dino Crisis, uh -huh. and I think Clock Tower will come back. I think uh, that'd so be a lot. So you'll get a Resident Evil maybe every other year, but mm -hmm. in the off years you'll get a Dino Crisis, a Clock Tower. You right, know, all these other horror franchises that they own that they're mm -hmm. not really doing anything with because right yeah. now they don't have to because Resident Evil's never sold better than it's ever has. Like right, right. now, it, it's insane. Like yeah. even Resident Evil Three, which was you know kind of panned as being like, oh, it's it's fine, it's no Resident <laughs> Evil Two, like which I think <laughs> is hilarious. Like the game was great, yeah, but Resident Evil Three wasn't to most people as good as Resident Evil Two. What'd you expect? Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> that game was already short, and they didn't like it as much as two. So, what did you fucking think was going to happen? Uh, but I thought Resident Evil was great. It will be on our top ten list. I think that game is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, even that game, which was seen as like a you know a, a disheveled shell of what Resident Evil Two remakes was, it sold like nine million copies. They're doing yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if somebody asks you, like, why aren't they making Clock Tower or you know anything like that right now, it's like, why would you? Yeah, it's true. Right now, yeah. when you don't have to, come on. Yeah. You, it's, you fair. it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's like, why Konami? Why don't they make games? Because they make tons of money on pachinko machines. Sorry, they just do. You know, it's <laughs> like, if, 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 you know, this is old man talk here. It's like, if you and your wife are producing children at a clip of like every time one's born, another one is created. And that's the outcome that you wanted. Somebody's like, why don't you try artificial insemination? Because we don't <laughs> fucking need to. <laughs> like, we don't need to do that. Why would we do that? It's true. No, it's, it's uh... the talk of a man who is married and trying to build a family. But yeah, that, that that's what popped into my head immediately was that. Well, there you go. It's <laughs> a good like, time. Why don't you try artificial insemination? It's yeah, like, why not? Dude, it what? took us three weeks to make the next one. Like, and it's this one, and not only did we make another kid, this kid's better than the last kid. <laughs> Objectively, <laughs> not, 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 even, not even opinion based. Like this is Kid's just three? fuck him. Kid number four is the best. His new controls. It's he great. gets around so much better. He doesn't spin around in a fucking circle whenever he wants to walk. No more tank controls with this kid. It's great. Oh, no, man. He's like an adult. <laughs> uh, it's a good gimmick. I good still gimmick. 
conversations that we have, Brandon. I know they're they're, they're pretty every great week, every week. <laughs> they they get real dumb. I I love it. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Clock Tower. I like that game. I like these games a lot. I would like to see them come back. I think it would be a good time. I we will never see another Haunting Ground. I'll say that right now. That'll never happen. Uh, well, I mean, you will because you'll see another Clock Tower. Yeah, maybe, maybe you will. Uh, maybe we'll get a Demento two or something. That would be interesting. Um, it'd be an interesting world to go back to, I think. Um, well, was, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was, uh, that came out near the end of the PS2's lifespan where it was, you know, franchises that were popular in Japan, uh, mm. maybe not so popular in America. Yeah. You know, where franchises, either they changed the name or stuff like that. So, I mean, Haunting Ground is a clock tower game. Yes. Uh, yeah. By but stretch. it's, uh. You know, it was somebody at the helm there trying to, you know, trying to juice sales. It's kind of yeah. like putting the biohazard name finally on Resident mm-hmm. Evil 7 yeah, in America. Yeah. It's true. You know. and, and Capcom's interesting because they never really forget about the things that they have. It, you know, like even if they're not making the games, like for a long stretch there, they weren't making any Mega Man games, right? Um, Bionic were, Commando. Bionic Commando is always one of those. The Legend like, of Tron Bond, motherfucker. Right, yeah, and even this one, what's interesting is the main character Fiona. Like, there's a little reference to this in Street Fighter Five. One of Cammy's alternate costumes is Fiona's outfit in this game. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, so like Street Fighter Five has a reference to Haunting Ground. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> like how bizarre. So yeah, uh, they, they never really fully forget about things. <laughs> and you know, it, it's in their interest to not. Uh, yeah. because you know you can say what you want about like you know like seven years ago if you would have said you know believe it or not five years from now marvel versus capcom and street fighter are gonna be fucking dead i would say you are insane <laughs> you're a crazy person for all intents and purposes those franchises are fucking buried i mean right. yeah they're not gone forever they're gonna come back i'm not an idiot right uh, but right now if somebody was to was if somebody were to announce a new uh, Marvel versus Capcom or Street Fighter today, the reaction would be a collective, really? Huh? <laughs> like right now? Like you're going to announce yeah. it now? Yeah. After, yeah. You know, but, you know, like a year from now after these new consoles are out, I bet if you said new Street Fighter or new Marvel versus Capcom, I think people would go, all right, new platform. Look, fuck it. Can't be any worse than the last one. Right? It's true. Yeah. No, you're right. Those last ones were shit. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's and again, like back to Mega Man as well. Like Mega Man Eleven came out, and it was a you know, I, it was a critical hit. I don't know if it was a sales hit, but uh, I think it sold really well, right? Um, but they Which, hadn't done a Mega Man Eleven. Uh, yeah, Eleven did great. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that a twelve will be super imminent, but I would say within the next thirty six months, you will have a twelve. Yeah, or yeah. you'll have a new X game. Yeah, because it, you know, it, 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 they just go through these periods where they just don't touch a property and then revive it. I guess it works for them. So, well, you it, the what you run into is, yeah, you have uh, games that aren't a success, like the reboot of Bionic Commando. Yeah, Bionic Commando rearm sold quite a bit, but the actual Bionic Commando, eh, it was a miss. Uh, yeah. But the nice thing is, if you wait long enough, and you don't have to wait twenty years like you did with Bionic Commando, but if you wait, you know, a good five years you can get new people who didn't play the last one, but you can also get those people who liked the last one, as long as it looks like it's true enough to itself. And then you can get all those people who also thought the last one was dog shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> All you got to do is wait. It's true. It's Isn't true. It? It's, it's very fair. It's very fair. Just there wait for it. And... Out there today playing a Star Wars fucking game made by EA that came out this week and they love it. Yeah. If you would have told me that 24 months ago when that Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out and everybody was like uh, mm-hmm. pissing into their Xboxes and throwing them out the window. You know, like I, I would have said, no, like EA's, you're dead. You can't do this anymore. It's fucking <laughs> garbage. But no, yeah. you know, they, they, they waited a year. Mm-hmm. They put out a really good game that was so good that it gave people enough confidence to yeah. buy another one, they, you know? They did a good job of like, of they, you know, um, they went a completely different direction with the property of like, let's do a, you know, let's get a, let's get a developer. Let's get a developer that people like, uh, you know, the Titanfall guys. Um, let's make well, it. And, very- yeah, and you did a completely different game. That's almost like yeah. a dark thing. Then you do a flight sim, but next year they're going to put out a battlefront. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's and- like you, you rebuild the trust and then you put out the things like, Hey, sorry about that guys. Here's the thing that, the way you wanted it <laughs> you know exactly so yeah. you put out the marvel versus capcom that everybody hated yeah uh, and then you wait a couple of years you put out a street fighter that everybody likes then you can put out a marvel versus capcom that people do like yes exactly and, and that's that's a to b to c that's how you make video games man that's how you make donuts that's how you make donuts that's how you do it that's the triple a formula baby that's how we, we've got to figure it out why aren't we millionaires huh <laughs> oh we don't how- have we don't have revenue or programmers or uh, infrastructure or anything. So that's I'm not a millionaire fun. because I spent all my free time this week laying on my back working on a Jeep. So uh. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Uh, but yeah, man, that's going to do it. I think we talked about Clock Tower enough. Uh, it's our first intro into the spooky games. Maybe we do Luigi's Mansion next time. I don't know. We've talked enough. I, Mario. I would absolutely uh, do let's do nintendo spooky okay maybe we do do a luigi's man yeah let's do nintendo spooky we'll do spooky nintendo games maybe we'll do that next that, well, that... We can, that means we can also finally talk about uh uh eternal darkness oh that's right we can talk about eternal darkness. we, ne- we yes. never have. we never talked about eternal darkness that's interesting i have it... a lot of things to say Okay, well, there we go. Uh, one of the only praised GameCube games out there, correct? If I remember so. It's on my short list, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even as it's on my praised list, I do have things that we should talk about. Absolutely, and we shall do that for sure. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Video Struck podcast. You can check us out at videostruck.com. Check us out at destinationcomics.com slash DNN. You can also find us on Facebook at Animation Destination, or at Video Destruct. Sorry, that's my other podcast. And you can also check us out on Twitter at Video Destruct. And you can also follow me on Facebook. Oh my God, what? <laughs> yes. That came out today, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that was the big news of the day is that I had to make yeah. Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I have a Facebook. If you know my real name, you can go out there and you can find me. And you can friend me. I'm never going to post on there. Right. I barely ever do either. I I have it specifically for the podcast that I run. That's what I do it for. Well, so, so it happened. It was twofold. And it's been things that have been a pain in my ass for quite a while. So mm-hmm. I've got this Oculus uh, Quest. Um, yeah. And all of their store stuff, it, they pass. I don't know if you've been paying attention to any of it. Uh, I had a standalone Oculus account. They're starting getting rid of those. 
you can't just so you had to have a facebook account and then also right. like I'm, I'm working on this jeep and i'm building this jeep right and mm-hmm. i really want to get facebook marketplace mm-hmm. and so i already had a fake account which has been out there and i hadn't told anybody about mm-hmm. uh, my oculus and now to get into facebook marketplace to prove that i'm not just like some kind of scammer or whatever i've had right. so gotcha. i added like 10 people i'm like maybe this will be enough <laughs> So uh, and for the first time since we've ever been together, uh, my wife can actually put her relationship status as married and put my name next to it. <laughs> Which, I don't know, maybe we'll make it Facebook official. Uh, it's Facebook official now, people. No, so if you haven't gotten the point yet, don't follow me on Facebook. It's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to post there. Uh, but you should follow me on Twitter. Yes. At Hoss, H-O-S-S underscore Buddy, B-U-D-D-Y. I post there several times a day. It's deals. Uh, there will be availability stuff about new consoles coming out there. Uh, RTX 3080s and 3090s if you're trying to find one of those. Um, I've got a 3080 coming at some point, so maybe you'll get some impressions on that before the podcast goes up and what I think of it. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, just, you know, generally, like, there's puppy pictures and you know, fun shit, man. Like, my yeah. Twitter is fun. Uh and there we go. most of Twitter's not. No, most of Twitter isn't. Most of social media is not that fun, to be quite honest. But it fucking, it you is. have no idea when I actually clicked, when I started adding people today, how fucking bummed out I was. <laughs> just I, adding people on I your Facebook? Like tra- I just felt like a traitor to myself. I was like, I oh. said I'd never be back here. I'm like, and, and, uh, there's a whole bunch of people that have like, they Facebook messaged me and they're like, you're back. And I'm like, I'm not back. So I feel like that John Wick thing. Uh, oh, you're back. I'm not back. I'm not back. Not as they they dragged me back in. That's what they did. Just <laughs> when I thought I was out, they Facebook me back in. Back in. <laughs> but that's gonna do it, man. I I, like a, just when I thought I was out, I bought a fucking Oculus Quest. It's great. True. I love the Oculus Quest, but if you're really against Facebook, yeah, be aware you do have to have some kind of account. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, but that's going to do it, man. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. We're out of time. We got to go. Peace, love, and understanding. Yeah.